So this is a this is a real D and D question. This is totally totally D and D question. What do you think has a sharper beak, an owl or an octopus? An octopus. Oh my god. What? Think so? Really? I think so. Yeah. I guess it's the only bone in your body. You might as well go big or go home. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Welcome everyone for joining us. Uh, I'm Dean McGarren and joined, and we're joined today at the table by uh, Klaus, Pip, Ragnar, Lopos, and a brand new uh, member of the table, uh, H. How's everyone doing today? I'm a little bit sleepy, but I'm here. We just finished uh, Tears of Theros, and so I wanted I wanted to get your honest opinion on what do you think of the mythical Odyssey of Theros book? Like, do you like the new game mechanics? Could you live without the new game mechanics? Or is it just something that you would rather, like, just want to do once, say you did it, and just move on? I'm not huge into Magic the Gathering, but I do like Greek mythology, so I love the aspect of that. My only complaint is a small little technical complaint, and it's uh, nothing on Roll20's end, it's actually beyond, is that they have no way to factor in for the piety levels. Since I have the book through them, I, I think that would have been nice. That way I could have kept track of what was going on with my piety. I would agree with you there. And there's other mechanics that Roll20 and D&D Beyond don't take into consideration. And most DMs don't take don't use spell point system because everyone uses spell slots. Um, but there is an option to use spell point systems. And, and depending on who you are, you may or may not like a spell point system. But I've, I've used them in the past and I enjoy them. But there's rare opportunities to use them because it's hard to track. I've also played with spell points and I love spell point systems. Well, Savage Worlds has a spell point system. Nice. Yeah, they're just they're very versatile because you can pick what level spell you want to use rather than having specific slots for levels. Uh, we're, we're discussing uh, Mythical Odyssey of Theros. Okay, with everything, but I just, I wanted to understand the piety points a bit more. Uh, I think it took till like almost the last episode where we finally were able to like actually use them just because I didn't know what to do with it. So if they were to reprint the book, would you want them to have a little bit more explanation into them instead of just like, here's some piety points, go with it? Like I had to read a little bit into it. Definitely agree with um, Lopez. I had to make notes for myself on my character sheet to, to put down the piety, what I could do and so forth. But I think it would be easier for players if it was a way to track the piety points and what you, and the abilities you use with them. The other thing is it's not even on the character sheet, but that kind of threw me off a little bit, even just putting it on my character sheet. Because I was like, well, it almost seemed like it was separate from the whole game because it was a whole different thing it was very generalized even looking up how do you use piety points was, was kind of difficult because i'm typically in DD they have like a setup it's like oh well this is the idea and it was it was a lot more it almost seemed like a um like a like they were just testing out the mechanic which i can understand that but it just it was very difficult to even locate information on how to utilize it I agree uh, with you um yeah, you had to really read into it to understand what the piety points were, how to use them, what abilities you could use. And, um, you know, I don't know what anybody else did. I, just for myself, once you gave us a piety points, I read more into it. I just, like I said on my character sheet, I just put it in like other or notes and I just put in how many piety points I had and then what, you know, how I could expand my piety points and what abilities I could use. And then when I went to go use them, I would just reference my note sheet to go, oh, yeah, I know I can do this. Like when I had to do a concentration save on that one and I took damage and I failed it originally. And I said, hey, hang on a second. I'm going to reroll the wisdom and save it because I can use my piety points to uh, 
get success out of it and it worked out. Does anybody feel like PyD points is a good game mechanic? Like, would you add it to a game that's not Theros? Um, I I guess because it's just this new mechanic, it's it's another level of contemplation of of what you're gonna do, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the way that it's being played, maybe it just needs to be incorporated a bit more to to make it a bit more comfortable. It's a game mechanic that probably doesn't add too much to the game outside of like role play. Um, so did you have a physical copy of the book when you were going through and looking at it? Or were you just looking at like what other people were like through wikis and stuff like that? Oh, no, I was I do not have a physical copy. I only had what was available, you know, when I searched online for different different sites and things like that. I tried not to do I mean, I did find players that gave examples and they were like, oh, well, this is how I've used it. Um, but I've also found in different websites like wikis and things like that where they discussed kind of the setup and this is how it is. I actually went through and I got the digital copy or the compendium on Roll20. So I had access to that where I didn't have the physical book, but I could look through the compendium and look up the stuff digitally that way. But um, I can understand why you might not want to because it does cost a little bit yeah. I don't have the books and and I typically just I do search for I'm like I'm familiar with the, the, the basic books but when I searched for this I really didn't find that type of support so that I was really just using what I was able to locate yeah I think it came out like three weeks before we started recording I, I can understand that and sometimes online you get different you have different views different opinions different things for how people might have different outlooks on it which could make it more, well, they used it this way and it worked for them and someone else might use it a different way and it worked that way and it could cause a little bit. Well, that actually helped out a lot when I found people that had used it because they were like, oh, well, in my campaign, I did this such a thing and the DM gave me points for it and then I used it to do this and that kind of gave me a better feel for how it was supposed to work versus how it's written in the book. You know, I need the practical understanding of it and so I think that's the problem with the new mechanic that I just wasn't able to have. It clearly explained it though. You just, you just had a little bit into it. Yeah, I just needed some examples and an idea of how it was supposed to look in-game versus what the rules tell me it's supposed to be. That kind of goes back to a point I've made in the past is my wife's a teacher and she's actually she loves playing Dungeons and Dragons she's looked through the books and she says that the way that they are organized is very hard to comprehend on a learning level like things that Wizards of the Coast definitely needs someone to look through the books and actually shift things around to make it easier and make it more accessible for people to learn the system yeah like you said the mechanic was listed under gods and I understand why but I wouldn't initially look for it there you know if I were seeking it out I, I would kind of actually look for like a separate page to say how this needs to be addressed I think um, that's kind of the double-edged sword that is the digital route that a lot of role-playing books are going, specifically for Roll20 and D&D Beyond, because with having search engines and compendiums and drag-and-drop options and stuff like that, they're not so concerned of if you're reading this book from cover to cover, making sure it's in a coherent pattern that's uh, this this thing you need to learn and then this thing you need to learn and then this thing you need to learn it's just a oh just toss the thing in a, a search bar but that's not really great well, for people who are 
acquiring it from playing it or from the community or reading from even the books themselves. I think that it's a great tool and resource and stuff like that, but I think they also need to focus on the actual print copies of the book and the order that they're putting them in. I would agree with you, but like I mentioned, I, I hadn't had a copy of the book. The, the way that I'm familiar with online books is that the book is transcribed onto PDF and you're able to search for keywords within the book and it's derived to that location where your term is. So that's what I'm expecting it to be like. But I'm assuming it's not if you're saying that it needs to be changed. <laughs> For D&D Beyond uh, specifically, Roll20 is a little bit like this in their compendium system. But typically for uh, D&D Beyond, I have several different resources. I buy the books on there and then I can use the apps and I type in Goblin. And it will bring up the stats for a Goblin or a certain spell and it will pull up that spell. Or for this, I would just type in Piety and bring up the pages with how the pieties work and stuff like that, which is definitely handy dandy. But if I'm not going through and reading it like you do with an actual book, then there's stuff that I'm going to miss because, you know, it didn't concern me at the time. So I didn't read it. I agree with Guardian saying that, uh, you know, they do reorganize the books a little bit to make them easier to read. Be a lot simpler if they laid it out differently so that you have a better understanding of what's going on. Like I said, uh, we played it three weeks after it came out. A lot of this stuff evolves and changes over time and i think that's one of the things with having some, something that's in its infantile state as my opinion goes i don't know if i would use this type of system in another game because you know, some some mechanics are good for other campaigns and some mechanics are not so good for other campaigns like if i was to run any other campaign i would lean more towards what i've already put out before would be more like divinity points instead of piety points okay or make it like a cleric specific or paladin specific so but i think i think the part of theros is that everybody gets gets this thing it's not just a cleric or paladin thing it's everybody has the opportunity so for everybody around the table played in the last season i feel like mechanics are really if you want to play a theros game and the piety points is definitely needs to be there. But outside of Theros, I feel like it's a mechanic that I'm probably never going to use again, especially in high levels. It's just too much to keep track of. Well, that's true. Another thing is in the format that we do our podcast with the six episodes and stuff like that, I think that the progression of bonding with these deities uh, could definitely be done in a longer term campaign like something that you're playing for a couple months to a year at a time but we don't have the our format doesn't really uh, we don't have the luxury that. we kind of have to we have to get in get out <laughs> absolutely but i mean it allows us to tell very concise beginning middle and end stories which i really do like about our podcast i do i do enjoy that and i do i also like the fact that you know there's not a lot of fluff into it if you come in sit down for a story you're going to get a story so let's go with klaus uh klaus do you feel like piety mechanic is something that you would like to see in another game or if you you did it you have the story and you're done honestly wouldn't mind utilizing it a bit more now that i understand it but i don't think it doesn't really do anything past role playing and in my opinion, uh, I would put that on a very specific type of game. I like it. Uh, Pip, what do you think? Um, you guys were sitting there talking about the books. I didn't read a book. I didn't read the PDF version. The only <laughs> thing I read was literally what you had posted there in the Roll20. I did post all the new game mechanics in Roll20 for the players. Yeah. Because I did know that some people didn't have access to the books. That's all I read was that. Yeah. And that's air quotes 
read, like skimmed through exactly my my deity, that only, and the few abilities I plan on using. Okay. Do you have an opinion on this one or no? It's only if you, to be used out of Theos, in my opinion, if you're planning on doing a similar thing where gods are prevalent in your world. Um, then I could see it. Yeah, it's it's very for just that. If gods are prevalent in the world, it's only for that. I don't see it in any other worlds. So I, I've read the, the books and I read the pieties and I understood how to get them and how you could lose them and how you could gain them and how you could gain favor with your with your deity. But I've played clerics for a long time, so it was easy for me to kind of get wrapped up into how I was going throughout the campaign. And every time we were doing an encounter, every time we were doing something, I was mentioning my deity to gain favor with him. I guess, do you guys feel that Wizards, like when Wizards of the Coast are doing these supplement books, like when they're releasing Ravnica or releasing Theros or when they release like maybe they'll release Dark Sun one day I don't know uh do you think they should have like a like a specific like okay well this is the Theros character sheet here's you know this is where your piety points go this is where this is where your honor system goes I think they used to do that for different settings that was only during 3.5 or 3.0 or 3.5 to have character sheet specific for campaigns such as Dark Sun or other campaigns where they're specific to those campaigns where when they went to 5e they kind of went away from those specific character sheets it would have been so cool to have like a a vernus character sheet Ooh, and just yeah. so you're like your infernal machine would, would have its own character sheet yeah so speaking of which because i run it i'm running an Avernus campaign as we speak um there are character sheets for the infernal machines but i have to share them with the players so they can the character sheet and they can do the abilities on the infernal machines i have the book and i i didn't see that it had character sheets to it roll 20 they have character sheets. oh gotcha yes. now i want it like wizards of the coast like when they release the books in the back you know just have a, a settings specific character sheet i think that would be something really nice I think to that add. would be helpful definitely if you're on tabletop and you were and you needed a character like wanted to know the stats of your machine i took mm -hmm that that would be useful for that as other campaigns come uh you know we're not sure how they're going to introduce them because you know dark sun brings a new mechanic and many people forgot about it by sonic powers comes back into play if they ever get to that point because that's what dark sun was all based about i think sionics is actually in unearth arcana right now so i it may it might be showing up pretty soon well, I also know that Cauldron of Everything comes out pretty soon, and that's supposed to pretty much change the game on character creation, so that also might have some stuff in it. All right, Lopos, so what do you think? Mythical Odyssey of Theros, is that a book that you would like to return to one day, or are you just kind of like one and done? It's like, I did it. I bought the book, so, you know, I want to get my money's worth on it. But yeah. uh, outside of that, I think that it is really something that you want to discuss with your players beforehand. Of course, you know, we, we discussed it before. And I think that having a zero session where you go, hey, guys, so here's the situation and stuff like that. I know our schedules have been insane, so we haven't been able to coordinate on a lot of stuff. But I think zero sessions are probably a good idea if you're introducing new mechanics. I think we have a good census on Mythical Odyssey of Theros, and at least you know where the Sunday nights stand on it. I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to say goodbye to two of our players. We are actually stepping away from Dungeons & Dragons in our next season, so Klaus and Ragnar will not be joining us and will be joining us once we get back into, into Dungeons & Dragons. So Klaus, Ragnar, any final thoughts before you leave us? Forward to coming back, uh, whatever the next campaign is, and I, I think I've played Cyberpunk before. I think it's going to be something mm -hmm. that does come back up. I wouldn't mind getting back into that, just to, uh, or whatever the next campaign is. Uh, for me, 
I've had a lot of fun. It's been a blast. I enjoyed everyone that I've, I've played with. I, I think I've role-played my character as well in the last two seasons that I've been with you guys, and I hope you enjoyed the contribution. I did enjoy your contribution. I especially enjoyed how you used little low-level spells to just anger the, the big baddies. To be honest with you, as a situation came up, I thought of it. It was like more like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and it was more like, well, if this works, then it works. And then uh, obviously it worked because your voice inflection was like, ah, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I, I really do love it when players get creative with their spells. I feel like a lot of players in Dungeons and Dragons or in tabletop RPGs, they are, they're only looking at the numbers. And there's so many great utility spells or so many great spells that have varying effects that don't have anything to do with damage that are absolutely needed to effectively play uh, this game. Tasha's so. hideous laughter is one of my favorite all-time spells. Yes. You know what was really rewarding is when you did an effect and then someone else in the party did a similar effect to yours because they saw yeah. how effective it was and it was like it even annoyed you even more. Yep. Like, oh my God, <laughs> someone else thought of it too. And they're like, thank you very much, Ragnar, for putting that idea in someone else. <laughs> thank you very much, Ragnar, for being with us. And we'll see you soon, hopefully after we're done our next season. You guys start recording and stuff. I'll look in the sessions and just listen and uh, like I have in the past. And uh, they've been really good sessions. I think you guys everything is well done i enjoy it smash that subscribe yeah. button smash that subscribe button join the Ooh. discord klaus uh, i know that you've been really wanting to talk about uh your character for probably the last two weeks yeah i've been enjoying myself too i'm i'm learning like you know the last couple characters i use i always try to do something different so i've definitely been learning classes and all that stuff i've been having a lot of fun too i just like i i did need a break so <laughs> So I'm okay with that. I love how this is set up. It is six except many sessions. And so that's been working out great for me. But yes, I actually ended up, I think it was probably, I don't even know if it was when I started creating the character or in the middle of the game, but I ended up, I don't know how to explain that I tend to imagine that I am not making up my character, that I'm letting the character speak for themselves and I'm doing mm -hmm. what they would have done. In that sense, I feel like I already know what's happening to klaus post game like the epilogue i just had this whole thing and before the campaign i said something is going to happen to klaus to this character that will dramatically change the direction of his life and i really think that the killing tyrax mm, was the catalyst in that and i kind of figured that out after the fact but it was a very different situation for him so i don't know who caught on to it but klaus is a very egotistical individual he's very i i'm the best kind of thing i've always been the greatest and so post killing him when he goes in front of his deity his goddess one of the things that he says to her is I don't feel worthy. That was very purposeful because that was the first time that he had to kill someone that he was previously friendly with. To him, that didn't seem like the right type of thing. That's not the destiny that he understood. In my mind, that teaches him that, you know, destiny isn't always a nice thing. That sometimes you do have to have problems come come ahead of you that you have to, to defeat. And when, when he tells her back, you know, oh, but you are worthy, you know, you did what you needed to do. You know, that kind of starts with him relearning what destiny and time is all about. If I were to say to you guys that you witnessed the birth of a sage, would you believe me? I wasn't part of that one, so I can't answer. <laughs> I guess that might be a no. <laughs> Just my dumb brain wants to go, I didn't see any plants planted. <laughs>
So my thoughts, like the idea that came upon me for the epilogue for this character is essentially I have the idea that he doesn't even make it back somewhere to say, oh, yeah, we did it. He would not going back with them. He would divert and say, you know, guys, I got something to do. I got to go take care of something. He would end up becoming a bit of a hermit, actually. He kind of needs time to collect himself and relearn what's what's going on. This is obviously a bigger thing to him than, than it previously was. And so I kind of see him kind of just being aloof, eventually becoming a very lowly individual. It almost kind of relates to how Buddha started. Started with this big, you know, he was a prince and he had all everything that life could have given him. And then he witnessed hardship and that really struck him in the face. And I kind of think it's a very similar aspect where he didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> So I kind of see him really becoming the first big follower of Clothis in a very long time. And, and per perhaps even the reason that Clothis may become a remembered deity, if that makes sense. Like he goes around and starts talking about her and, oh, this is what I've learned, blah, blah, blah. But it really takes him time to come to grips with himself. That is why we play this game. <laughs> Thinking of that, like, oh, we... Yeah, that was beautiful. I like that. You know, it's also the development of the character in the game, how things change. And like before we started recording, I was telling the Guardian how my character changed from when we had Thyron, uh, who was the, uh, the main threat to everything. And then when he kind of had to step aside how Ragnar's role changed throughout the campaign where he became the, the main threat. He was the one that was really causing all the havoc. And I'm, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very sorry that Tyrak had to leave us so soon. It was, you know, but I mean, but it was that, that is a thing. That is that is a thing. And I guess I want to talk about this a little bit before we head out. Life versus the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. People just feel really bad. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to, you know, I have to cancel on you. And I was like, you know, life is more important than this game. That all the time. Very deep conversations. We're not used to this. <laughs> We're going to be stepping away from Dungeons and Dragons. So again, Ragnar, Klaus, thank you so much for being part of us. And so we're going to look to our new project, which is Deadlands. You know what? In fact, I'm going to let Lopos take it away with... Cowboys, zombies. That brief enough for you? <laughs> All right. So Deadlands is a role-playing game that was created by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. It is been around since 1997. It, it started off initially, I believe, as a Roll20 system. And eventually it got pulled into the Savage Worlds gaming system, which is a multi-dice system. But uh, just recently, they ended up re-upping the Savage Worlds system and is now the is Savage Worlds Adventurers Deluxe Edition, or Suede for short. There's a bunch of different games that are available for Suede, and I definitely recommend that people check them out. The one that we're going to be playing is Deadlands. And Deadlands takes place in the Wild West in the late 1800s. Uh, the history is very similar to American history. A lot of the people that were around were back then or back then. There was something that happened that changed the course of history. Other world that's inhabited by demons starts leaking into our world. Uh, eventually, because of that, uh, it creates big rifts in the timelines that 
create a different timeline than the world that we know. For example, the Civil War rages on much longer than it was supposed to. America gets split up into many different small little factions. Corporations end up taking land and the railroads end up having war because these demons warp and twist stuff. And sometimes as subtle as in people just end up doing bad stuff. Sometimes it's major, as in creates extreme earthquakes that sink California into the ocean and dragons start coming up from the fissures that are created. We're going to be starting our adventure in Denver, Colorado, and go off and adventure into the Wild West and see what we can do to make things right, or if we can make things right. Thank you very much, Lopez. I appreciate that. Of course, we don't have the full cast right now. We do have a few people. For one thing is that I am will not be DMing this game. I will be playing. I am stepping away from being the forever DM and passing the reins over to Lopos, a.k.a. the Wired Nerd. God, do you know what you're going to do? Do you even know how to play? What? I don't. I have no idea how to play. <laughs> what is up, my fellow players? <laughs> I'd like to introduce H. Hi. Uh, she's never been part of the Sunday nights before, so hope everybody here is very nice to her. Pitt will be returning to our little family along with Aeolus, who is unfortunately can't be here, and Badger, who is act doing something else, and he couldn't be here as well. So nice part about it is, is that we are aiming towards premiering the next Deadlands on Halloween night. So spooky. So spooky. I want to talk to H and Pip a little bit about, like, what's your initial thoughts about Deadlands? What are you hoping the game to be like? What are you hoping that um, happens? What do you think that your characters are going to go through? I haven't quite decided between a divine casting nun or a nun assassin. Either way, it's going to be fun. I'm just looking to sling some spells and possibly bullets. Well, I'm even just near to tabletops in general. This was only like my fourth uh, D&D game that I've joined. Mm -hmm. I don't know really what to expect. I'm just hoping that I can read the rules, not mess anything up, achieve whatever our group's goals are together. Right. What are your oh. goals? Oh, that was for mid, since he's going to be oh. a player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I will, yes, I will, be, I will be playing for the first time. My character is Axel McGillicuddy. I'm hoping kind of a, a, spag a spooky spaghetti western st uh, story. Wired has, uh, has told me a little bit about what to expect, and I am deeply disturbed. <laughs> As well, you should be. <laughs> I think I'm still going to go with the name Lizzie Bonnet, just because... That's the level of nerd I am. I do look forward to the game. Let's uh, go ahead and just wrap this up with final thoughts. It's been fun, man. Enjoyed it. My final thoughts are, it will be fun. I will enjoy it, hopefully. My thoughts are, I had a lot of fun. It was a blast. I hope to be back, and I wish you guys luck. We're going to need it, I think. All right, gang. It's been absolutely a joy playing with you all, and I can't wait to the next season. For everybody that has stayed with us to the end, do not forget to like, subscribe, to share this with your friends. And if you hate it, share it with your enemies. Just share it. Just just do that. And we'll see you next time on Sunday nights.